This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, Georgie, check for Dadsy, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. <laughs> only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms supply. See mcdonalds.com. Leicester City have a penalty kick in the sixth minute of injury time. Injury time. Injury time. Look out, takes. Almunia saves. Look out, follows in. Almunia saves again. And now Wapner on the counter attack. Forestieri. Oh, I don't believe this. Here's Hawk. Dini. I do not believe what I've just seen. Troy Dini has scored from a Leicester penalty that was saved by Almunia. Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. Hello, you're listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. I'm Justin. I'm Colt. And I'm Peter. How far away from the season starting are we? It's got to start soon, isn't it? It's getting a bit kind of, oh, man. Is anybody else getting that little itch, that little nag that there's no football and they want the season to restart? Or is it just me? I think right. it's just you. Oh, OK, fair enough. <laughs> All right, that's I think, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm fine. I'm absolutely comfortable with the current situation. I'll be honest with you. If the Ashes weren't quite so uh, engaging, I would be climbing the walls. As it is, <laughs> I'm only climbing the walls between the Ashes days. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not a tennis fan. I'm not a tennis fan. I find it it's just two people knocking a ball over a net. I appreciate people will say that football is just 22 people kicking a bag of wind around. But those people are wankers, so I don't listen to them. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair point. Fair Good enough. Point. Fair enough. Okay, so I think we'll, we'll, what we'll do is we'll come on to some five-word reviews about the transfer window so far in a minute. But before we do that, let's have a very quick flick through some discussion points that uh, I always say listeners, it's not necessarily listeners, that Twitter has suggested that we might <laughs> wish to kick around in this podcast. Um, I wonder whether to start with something serious or something maybe a little bit more light-hearted. Let's start with this. I think this is a good one. This is from HJ Clark 95 What is a realistic finish with the current situation at the club? Let's start with what well, let's start with you, Peter. What is a realistic finish with the current situation at the club? I think it's I think it's too far out to properly know because as as we'll touch on a little bit later, and I'm sure we'll kind of come to is the fact that we haven't done all of our business yet. It, as we record, it's the 10th of July. We don't kick off until the 5th of August. So there is a lot of deals to be done all over the Football League and all in the Championship. Other clubs as well who will strengthen and potentially weaken and we will go for others. So we really don't know. What I will take as a good season and as a, as a hopeful prediction, I want whoever we bring in for the team to be more than the sum of its parts. Fundamentally, I'm fed up of watching a team of expensively assembled, you know, theoretically good players play so much below their collective part. 
and I will take therefore from that whatever comes. I want to see effort. I want to see energy. I want to see people shutting down and I want to see people kind of moving and combining and, and doing that. I went to the Boreham Wood game. A, a lot of people came back and went, you know, oh, we didn't beat Boreham Wood. Uh, and a lot of the, the 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 naysayers, I would suggest, probably didn't go to the game. A lot of them will have done and gone, oh, OK. It, it, was, it was a game of two halves. But the thing that you saw from the, the whole thing was we looked coached and we haven't looked coached for four seasons plus, I would suggest. We look like, you know, the ball goes in here or the opposition have got the play here. This is what I do. This is my job. And bearing in mind, similar to the Arsenal game, they completely swapped the 11s um, at halftime. It was a different shape in the second half, but the same the same level of sort of understanding. It went a little bit in the second half. But in the first half, I was really, really impressed with how much we stuck to the game plan. If we see that, I would suggest that a mid-table pushing for playoffs would be would be an exciting season. It'd be nice to have something to play for other than avoiding relegation. I will remind you before we go to Carlos on this, though, but that is what we saw last season. Mid-tables push, pushing for, for playoffs, and it was crap. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. The difference The difference is... <laughs> the football will be better is, to get there, is what you're saying. If we don't, yeah. I mean, we'll go through the players who have gone and the players that thus far we have bought in and why I'm saying there's a long way to go in terms of getting this. Providing, and this is so we can only say things as per the 10th of July, I don't have a crystal ball. I can't tell you who we will sign in between them. We might do some things that make us think, well, actually, we should really be you know, looking at looking at trying to get in the game. Or we might be looking at the other way and saying anything above, you know, kind of 18th or 19th is a positive. We just don't know yet. It's too early to see. Yeah. However, fundamentally, I want to see a team be more than the sum of their parts. Even if they're not that good individuals, I would suggest I saw enough from Boreham Wood to see that there are there are some players and there's some movement and there's some attitude that we haven't seen for a long time. That doesn't say there aren't whopping great big holes in the squad. When you're playing Francisco Sierra Alta, and then in the second half, you're playing Shaq Ford, who was playing up front for York City last year, as the defensive midfielder in a, in a three, you know you've got some gaps there. But we'll yeah. get on to talk about Jake Livermore later, I'm sure. <laughs> so there you go. So, Carlos, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, very much what what, what Peter said there. There isn't really a, a huge lot to add to it. The, the only thing I would say is I, I personally think this championship season coming up is going to be one of the strongest we've seen in a long time. I think the teams that have come up from League One and the teams that have come down from the Premier League, that they're, they're already you already see the transfers that Leicester are doing. You know, Southampton stick out for me. Uh, as a team that have got some real good youth in there, so it's going to be a long, hard season, no, no, no question. So for me, if we if we got in and around the playoffs, I'd be and and a, and a different attitude towards the games and, and how we see us approach games and how we play, I, I would be happy with that at, at this stage. Yeah, I think that's it, isn't it? It's it's not necessarily uh, where the realistic finish is. Is is are we going to see an improvement on the pitch in attitude and mm. effort? As well, I mean that would just be that would just go so much further. Even if we ended up in the same position league-wise as last year, if yep. they actually looked as if they gave a monkeys, that would win a lot more favour with the fans. I think there's one other part, and I appreciate we're probably going to be going through through loads of other questions by this from the the, the Q and A that, that came out. One of the things that became apparent was the reduction in the wage bill that is coming about because of you know basically get getting shot of so many expensively collected players off of the wage bill we have to take that into account i.e if for example we're looking at mid-table this season and that's what we had but we are 
half or a third of the wage bill that we had previously, then that becomes an achievement in itself. And I appreciate that's not sexy. And I appreciate people will be going, hang on, it's the, it's the, uh, it's the transfer window. And, you know, Jim White's on talk sport and, you know, people are on, on Sky Sports looking for, looking for who's signing who. And I get that. But part of this is going to be making sure that the wage bill is balanced so that we are about, I, I still say, as per the Palacci Gino stuff, that this is as much about sustainability as anything else. And that's that's something that I don't think got communicated through enough um, post that was the fact that that was a huge part that's been said about what, what's gone on this season and, and why the, the reduction in the wages make such a difference i did actually charge um scott duxbury to ask to say okay what's what's your what's your wage to turnover ratio and he couldn't pull it out of a hat nor would i expect him to but i thought i'd ask it anyway but <laughs> it, it's far less than it had been and we need that for it to be sustainable i know it's not sexy i know it's not great i know it doesn't transfer to great football what you're hoping for is the manager and a game and a kind of a, a game plan and an attitude and an application could make up for having a smaller wage bill like a certain other team who are going to be making their debut in the oh, Premier League next season. Don't even. Don't even. Right, now, do we want another serious one or do we want one that is not football related? <laughs> uh, oh, let's, 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 let's go with the normal do not scratch your eyes stuff. Let's go non-football. Okay. So let's, let's venture away from anything intelligent if we can possibly yeah, yeah, help. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. There, there are some other football ones, but, you know, maybe we can just break away from We'll come back to them. Don't worry. Okay. So uh, do you want a food one or a TV one? Let's go with a food oh, one. Oh, food. Just, no. food. just throw them. <laughs> okay. Food. Well, food, food. Or food. Oh, I like the food one. All right. This is Chris Bone. Uh, sharing plates as a starter. If I order it, I'm going to eat it and share it with nobody. Where are you with sharing plates as a starter? Now, I, I personally like them because uh, it's it's kind of 10 quid for two. Normally, starters are about £7. 10 quid for two, better value. Although there was always something on a sharing starter that nobody likes. Why do they put coleslaw on it, for example? Nobody likes that. Get rid of that. Yeah, but the, I, I personally like a sharing starter. Where are you on sharing starters? Well, Peter, I think you should... Do you, do you want me to go first with this one? I think you should. I, I often have a battle with Mrs. James about sharing starters because she will she'll ask me that question do you want to get whatever it is a meze do you want to get a meze blah 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 uh if you want well do you or don't you if if you want to get one you just just get one i'll i'll have some and then the meze turns up and i see probably two or three things on there that i like so i get one piece of that and then within five minutes that's that's gone she's she's had the bits the only bits of it that i like so we end up just with a plate full of shit that i won't eat and she's not particularly fond of either so yeah i'm I'm not. I I do see the the point of a of a sharing starter, but I I just don't think there's enough of the stuff I like on them. Quite honestly. <laughs> okay, Peter, sharing plates. Well, last time Peter, I threatened, Peter I threatened share. Yeah, I I, I yeah, exactly. I, I get a sharing starter. Sharing? No, 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 no. <laughs> well, bearing in mind, I think I threatened annulment or divorce over over a uh, over a fun sized bounty last time. <laughs> yes, yeah. Let's right. get on to the real stuff, shall <laughs> we? Many people will suddenly nod when hearing this. If you're somebody whose partner is shit at ordering their dinner, right? Yes. And you end up and, and, and they end up giving you the eyes and going, oh, I don't like this. This isn't very nice. And you go, well, why didn't you order what I did, which was like a surefire winner? And they go, oh, and you end up kind of guilting into, all right, do you want to swap them? Oh, OK. Like that, 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 oh, that's the world I live in. You can tell how, what a dreadful human being Mrs. Remnant clearly is uh starters if you're ordering them and they're the same number of people 
who you're going to be ordering them with. It's sort of okay, but if it's a lot of people, do you want lots of hands dipping into lots of starters? Hygiene issues? Who knows? Think about COVID and all of that nonsense. Um, <laughs> who knows? But but what you can't have is when when you get those. If there's three of you, as there has been with with myself, the wife and the son before, and they bring out four, who has the extra one? Yeah, yeah. I mean, problem, wars have been started for less. Yeah. You know, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. No, no, no. If you can, if you can, keep them to yourself and don't ever ask. Don't ever ask to share or have one of my chips. That is the no-no. <laughs> okay. Limbs have been lost doing that. We've just seen a red line there in dining out with Peter. You're not having any of his chips. Okay. Let's go back to football. Or your own chips. Or your <laughs> yes, own chips. I agree. What, 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 I agree. You had every chance. The waiter was there. He was asking what food you wanted. I agree. And you went, no, I'll, I'll have something. Oh, God, just have one of your chips. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go back to football then. Freya Quinton asks, the most important positions you feel we still need to sign before the season starts? Now, we are going to come on to transfers. There <laughs> all, is a transfer. All of the thinker. above. All of the one above. Through okay. 11. All right, okay. <laughs> let's start with one then, because Ben Slater asks, if Daniel Backman leaves, how much do you reckon we would get for him? And is Maduka Okoya good enough to be a number one for us? I haven't seen enough of him. To, to fill me full of confidence that he will step into that number one spot. Clearly, he needs an opportunity, games. But when we did see him last season, he was, I mean, quite frankly, he was dreadful, wasn't he? The curse of the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast interview <laughs> still still exists. I, I think if, if Batman goes, there, there's a, there'd be a decent amount for him. I know he was linked with Man United not too long ago, and there, there, there was a half-decent transfer figure bobbing around for that. So, uh, for me, I think we, um, we, we'd look to bring somebody in or... Maybe use um, whose name escapes me, the guy that just stood there at Coventry. What's his name? Haymar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Dan's got his uh, his his critics in terms of what he does and what he doesn't do. He's a big miss for for me coming into this season. If we do let him go, really? Okay. Um, I would bring in a new goalkeeper as soon as personally and replace uh, uh, replace Batman. The one thing Batman doesn't like doing is coming off his line. I did find out against Boreham Wood there's something he likes even less, and that's coming out of his area. And when you're playing as we did against Boreham Wood in the first half, which is what I would suggest is what we'll be doing, which is moving the ball quickly and then pushing up. At times, we left just Porteous and Hoot at the back against their their, their one striker. And Boreham Wood aren't stupid. I've seen the FA Cup last year for details, right? When they got it, it would be a touch, and then the ball would be played in behind, and it would be like a, a, a foot race. And he didn't like to come out. He doesn't want to come out and deal with that. And you need to do that, because neither Porteous nor Hoot are the quickest, and it's the biggest exposure that we have. We need somebody who will be decisive, who will have a, a good ability to come out and deal with that stuff and a confidence to do it. And I just don't see that from Dan. I, I think he's a great shot stopper. I think his, uh, his his short distribution actually helped initially when he first came into the team, but it seems to have gone for a, uh, for a bit. So, no, I think that is so fundamental to the way we're going to be playing and the risk that we would need a new goalkeeper in. Interestingly, about when we when we go back to the ill-fated interview that obviously kiboshed Maduka Okoye's Watford career in its entirety, <laughs> he described his, his speciality as one-on-ones. And it's like, that was a really weird one, you know, kind of speciality to have because you've got, you know, your whole team has got to be breached for that. In that instance, if it is one-on-ones, that's not a bad thing. But does he look like a competent goalkeeper in the other 95% of occurrences? No. The six million is inexplicable. I would see him going off on loan. I don't think he's even been brought in for preseason. He wasn't on the bench and he didn't come on in the second half against Boreham Wood or against Arsenal. I would suggest he is 
probably from Watford side of it, a bit of a busted flush and he'll be he'll be heading elsewhere on loan or something or other to, to get him back up. Lovely, lovely fella. Really nice chat when we spoke to him. Yeah, no, it's not what we need. I suggest that a goalkeeper is something that we urgently require. Okay, well, with that in mind, I'm just going to read the next one and I, I, I want you to decide if you can work out who sent this. That less than four weeks away from the first league game, the squad is putrid and fit for the drop with a Dracula impersonator and a granddad at goalkeeper. Slow and slight, James Morris is the only left back. Centre back, Sear Outer, and youth striker Shaq Horde as defensive midfielders and Bio and Healy is the only strikers. Uh, any ideas, first of all, who might have sent that one? No, no idea. No. no idea who that could be. Okay. It may be from the from the Floridan Peninsula. I think it probably um, was. Yes. I, I think to, to quote, gave it away. Yeah, I mean. To quote Jerry Maguire, you have me a putrid. Putrid, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I do see his his um worries, you know, despite whether I agree or, or disagree on, on how he post that on Twitter. There are a lot of holes in the squad. We 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 know that. Peter touched on it, you know, at the Boreham Wood game where you've got players playing in all sorts of positions. So there's a lot of work to do. And I'll just sum up what I just said in that, that last question about the goalkeeper. My fear is who comes in to replace Dan Batman. I would like to have seen if we were going to replace him, a goalkeeper come in early doors to settle in there. Bringing a goalkeeper in late on in this transfer window gives me the eebie-jeebies a little bit. And that's why I'm... Are you you answering an Uncle Ron question? I'm happily saying, be careful what you wish for. No, I'm not saying be careful what you wish for. I'm (laughs) I'm saying, uh, because you don't don't use terminology like that on this podcast. (laughs) But I just just would have liked to have seen, if if we're going to replace the goalkeeper, I think it's it's a real crucial team in, in terms of how we're going to be playing next season. I'd like to have seen a goalkeeper already be in there and, and that's not the case at the moment can i i think that's a good point to just jump into something a second here Uh-oh. i, I think jumping uh, into something. Well, well some people are saying as i said earlier on that look we're 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 a long way away from the start of the season actually it's only what three and a half weeks now not three, of August. Days, yeah. it's not that far away realistically uh, and, and you have to go through and look at the players who are no longer in the squad. Now, I talked earlier on about the squad reduction and the wage reduction being a good thing. And it is, don't get me wrong. However, here are the players, and I've just written these down here. There'll probably be others that people will go, yeah. But obviously, talk about Tom Cleverley and Craig Cathcart. Those are two servants who deserve some mention, I think. But also, Mario Gaspar, Hamza Chowdhury, Keenan Davis, Hassan Kamara, Matthias Martins, although he's now come back, but he left. Courtney Hawes, I put him in, but he went, you know. Enrique Rouge, those players have gone and we've got Martins back and the only two players have been Reese Healy and Tom Ince. It is a reasonable concern that we haven't got these players in, uh, you know, any any additional players in as yet. Jake Livermore was uh, rumoured at one point to have signed. He didn't even make the bench or any inclusion within the Boreham Wood game. He came on as a trialist, I believe, against Arsenal in the behind the closed doors kind of kind of game. Uh, looking at the formation, especially in the first half against Boreham Wood, you can see exactly where he's going to fit in. You know, Sierra Alta and, uh, and Shaq Ford being played in a central defensive midfield, dropping in between the centre-backs when needed role is absolutely not what those two really do. Um, although, in fairness, both of them did it against Boreham Wood reasonably well, but it still was Boreham Wood. It, so there are a number of players that need to be brought in to bring this up. I'm not on the same uh, level of, of salary. You know, I mean, the num- the amount that uh, that Keenan Davis was uh, rumoured to being paid uh, when he was here was circa 45k a week. I'm sure we can we can find some some goals on an awful lot less than that. We've also 
uh, until what would have been yesterday, but I haven't seen whether or not he's actually in there, whether or not Sar is going to be included or not, or whether or not we're going to shift him off. I know the intention is that he will move off, but he's a, a year away from getting a Bosman deal. That's going to command his best salary option. And I wouldn't wonder that that might be the way he will go. So would he be in or would he be out? We don't know. We will see. But there is genuine concern around getting these players in. However, there is also the balance side of it. We're not there yet. Not everything gets done. Sometimes it's like a buying a house and a house chain and the team needs to recruit somebody before you can bring them here or vice versa and what have you. These things sometimes do take time. And there have been seasons where, and the most notable one for me was probably the, the Boothroyd promotion season. We didn't bring in an awful lot of those players until literally after the first game of the season um, or just before. I remember Malky Mackay turning up on, I think, the Friday and being in the team on the Saturday against Preston. Why I remember is Preston, God alone knows. <laughs> so, look, there's still time. But, yeah, no, we need to we need to uh, we need to address it. And, and the other thing is going to be, of course, if we don't address it, then what is the point of having Ben Manga as the head of recruitment, Helena Costa, yeah. and a whole host of scouts who are there? So they've got to they've got to prove their worth, but they've got to have time to do that. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Actually, yeah, what is the point of them if if you're not going to use them or they're not going to do anything? But yeah, but there is time still, so let's let's wait and see on that. Now, do you want a a very frivolous one or do you want a one? That I, let's let's go with the let's go with this one first. Let's go with this one first. Uh, this you is, drive. You you let us. You, you drive. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. I'll drive. But let's steer into this lane then. This is um, Brian Edwards. Which new player will get the Wendover curse? Now, oh, am I out of the loop on what the Wendover curse is, or is this something I should know? What's the Wendover curse? It's a little bit like me when I said to you, Andre Gray will score goals at this level. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what, before we go into the Wendover curse then, I was listening back to the one we did last time, and you were saying that Reese Healy's now going to be the guy to do this. So yeah. I'm making so mental it notes. Have, it could actually be me that has gives the curses rather than Mr. Wendover, but... Yeah, it's a similar pattern. Right. Um, I think I think we put our we we, we hang our hook on a, on a player and it doesn't quite pan out. Right. I'm, go- I'm going to add I'm going to add Wendover Curse 2.0. Okay. okay. Yes. This is where 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 he came away and said, if you recall, we are signing a right wing back. I have it on good authority <laughs> oh, yes. being signed. And and anybody without you know basically <laughs> without serious issues will remember we didn't sign one of them. So everybody came back and go, all right, Greg, where's your offer? So I think we also need to call out another position that clearly needs deep recruitment for who we won't end up signing. And for me, that's going to be left back. Um, not because I don't like James Morris. I like James Morris a lot. I think he's a, a good young player. I think he is. Um, I think he's going to push to, to, to be a regular starter. But there are left backs available in, you know, kind of Ryan Manning from, from Swansea being being one of them who you could bring in on a free transfer. Yes, he costs you some money on the uh, on the salary, but you could put him on a short contract so it de-risks it and, and bring somebody in like that. But I bet we won't get that. I bet that will be the curse of Wendover. Okay, right. That's, let's keep an eye out for that. Then. Now that we've broadcast that, of course, Greg may not actually hang his hang his hat on a player this time round, so maybe the, the curse will be lifted. I don't know. Um, Greg, will, Greg will be delighted. He's got a curse named after him. Who could want more? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he doesn't that's, want that. That's very true. That's very true. Uh, okay, let's move away from that for a second. Gary at Vinyl Music. My wife is hooked on Love Island. Does anyone else watch that utter horseshit? So, yeah, clearly not a football question there. Love Island, anybody? Anybody watch that here? 
No. No. Okay. No. Never I'd watched rather, it. I'd, ra- I'd rather put me balls for a cheese grater than watch that. I've got to be honest. Is that a no? And in fairness, <laughs> in fairness, I would rather Carl put his balls for a cheese grater than watch <laughs> yeah. that as well. So we are we are as one on that. Fair enough. Okay, that was swiftly dealt with there. I think that most of it is probably more kind of uh, squad etc. Which will probably feeding a little bit to our five word review of Watford's summer transfer window so far. This is our usual kind of. Uh, Five word reviews. Uh, so this is, as I say, about our uh, signings so far. Chris Bone put, "I cut my grass today," so obviously he's um, he's not that impressed. <laughs> Hazel Roberts goes on to what you were saying: uh, sell so quickly, spend proceeds. I mean, yeah, what, what that's just going to be interesting to see what happens with Sar, isn't it? Really, this season, he's got. Go. I, I've got a ho- I've got a horrible horrible feeling about that. Sar, What's your fair. horrible feeling? My horrible feeling is that he will still be here. And not That's play and just sit on the bench, or not? Not? Not sure. Not sure. I think it, we're we're in danger of trying to unload a player that we know we have to unload because of the wage situation. I think Watford have in their sights a a certain figure, and let's be honest, he hasn't exactly set the world alight in terms of performances recently, uh, and especially last season. I think there's going to be a, a fine line between what Watford see as a fair transfer value and cutting that wage bill. I, I just, I don't know. It, it doesn't sit right with me. So I think he would have been one of the first out uh, of the door if there was clubs queuing up for him. And I, I generally don't think there is. I think it's a question of value, personally. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is now, what, 25? Right? Yep. He's no longer a player whose potential is where he's valued anymore. Um, you know, if you look at through some of his uh, some of his stats, his goal and his goal contribution, so it's assists and his goals. Some people say, look, he's you know he's he's done well for a winger from that position and from that, and and they may be right, but you, uh, scouts for other teams will also look at what you actually get from him for the course of ninety minutes. And we've said for a number of number of months that you know he's a he's he's a moments player. Who comes alive? He gives you that quality, and then he looks sort of disinterested. Could you imagine what an Ismail Asar would be if he looked interested for ten minutes a game? I mean, he'd be bloody world class. But he's not, he, he he just doesn't give you that. I'm sorry. Mm. Um, other, otherwise, when the ball would go to him, everybody it'd be it'd be bums on the edge of their seat time, and it just isn't. He doesn't want to run to the line. He doesn't want to you know kind of get in and 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 kind of drive at the last player and, and try to try to beat him with, with a combination of skill and technique, all of which we know he has. Mm. So he's, you know, for me, he looks like the most likelihood, the, the likely thing to happen is that you're probably, relatively speaking, down tools to not pick up an injury. And then when he's 26, we'll be basically saying, well, yes, please, I will have that £100,000 a week because you're not paying however many millions it is to, to, to bring me in because then it's de-risked. Um, to, to to the buying club, mm. um, the thing that I would I would genuinely genuinely love to see would be one of these Saudi clubs who are basically throwing money around like it is crazy time on on suddenly some of the managers, including Billich, I see has uh, has gone out this week, yeah, um, because because they are just throwing money around left, right, and centre. Not not that it's a necessarily a, a 
a big kind of necessary attraction one way or another, but it's a, it's a Muslim country and Ismail Assar, you know, follows Islam. So, you know, it might, that might actually have a certain level of appeal and a certain kind of value piece that might, that might potentially come back, but that's not based on anything. That's just based on kind of wishing and hoping because he's, he's, he stayed with us when we went down the first time and when we could have probably got some money for him after the Liverpool game. But last season was, you know, was, 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 just in and out, disappointing, and you see a different Ismail Assar when he's playing for Senegal. Mm. Um, and if you saw if you saw that week in week out, he wouldn't be with us anyway mm. because somebody would have come and got him. So he is he is an enigma. He is indeed an enigma. Um, so other five word reviews on the summer transfer so far. Carl Campion's put: Are their hamstrings still okay? Yeah, let's hope we have a little bit more fitness in the squad this year because that that little period last year where it just seemed that everybody was walking off with a hamstring injury was, yeah. you know, if it wasn't so serious, you'd laugh. It was just one of those... What game was it where three of them went in one Norwich. game? Norwich. Norwich, wasn't it? Norwich away. I remember that game. It, it, yeah, was, it was Norwich away. We got three. I think... The thing to tackle here is going to be the dressing room because anybody who has worked at any level of football club will know that if the season is going well or there is a good culture and there is a good atmosphere, people don't go in the in the in the physio room. They try and stay well clear. Now I'm not saying that these are all that these are all kind of made up, um, but you you will tend to see people will duck people will shy away. And we know that that team and that squad last year mm. were not made of resilient stuff. We know that even in the in games, they would literally physically and metaphorically duck. If you get that properly uh, sorted out in terms of the culture and in terms of making sure that actually if people are, you know, if, if you make the, the physio regime horrible. You bring them in on every single day. There is not a day off. It's not a pleasant option. It's not an easy thing to do. And you make sure that they're they're working and they're away from everybody else. A, a lot of people talk about the mental hardship about when you're injured. And I can understand when you're talking to, talking to people like Tom Cleverley, who desperately wants to be fit and desperately wants to extend his, his season. I'm not talking about a Tom Cleverley. I'm talking about making sure that people go, no, I want to play. I want to physically play. I don't want to duck a game. I don't want to duck it when it gets difficult. And that's a that's a slightly different thing. Other five-word reviews uh, are Gino counting pennies like Scrooge. That, that'll be in relation to Callum Styles, who we have been linked with, who was at Millwall last year. So he, he got the, the he got the sign over us last year. And before that, he was at Barnsley with uh, with, uh, with our man Valerian Ismail. So it makes sense to bring him in. He can play left back. He can play right back. He can play anywhere really across the midfield, to be honest with you. He would be a really, really useful squad player. And he allegedly has a £2 million release clause. And so a lot of people are saying, it's only £2 million, just play it. And I, I, I don't think £2 million is 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 a huge amount in the modern game. But go back and remember what we're trying to do with the finances here. We're trying to kind of curtail them down. And we know that Gino is second only to Daniel Levy in terms of being notorious for pushing a hard deal. Now, if he can get him, you know, he won't hear two million and just go, well, it's two million and then I get it done because I'm playing, you know, kind of football manager. He will be thinking two million is the absolute final last resort. That's not where the negotiation starts. That's where it absolutely ends. If it absolutely had to be and there was no other option, mm. if he can get him for 1.8 or 1.7, it's £200,000 or £300,000 saved. And I appreciate when we're thinking about football teams and the amount of money that, as we say, we're seeing from Saudi and you know people Bayern Munich you know, going in for, for Harry Kane. 
we are in a different bubble to them people we yeah. are absolutely in a different space so uh if, if if he pushes it for him fine i would like to see him come in because one of the things was pointed out again at the q a we want to bring him in early we want to get him working with his players right great well then go and get his players absolutely but there must be a middle ground where you can go in and, and and try to try to bring these guys in as soon as you physically can at this moment in time. It's going to start getting imperative pretty damn quickly. Whose five-word review of the season so far, do you think, is assembled squad for League One? <laughs> is it Uncle Ron again? <laughs> it's Uncle Ron again, yeah. Yeah, Brian Edwards, Tom Bowler of shite not spinning. We may well see that spin at some point when things get uh, desperate. At WFC, Charlie says, good clear out, not enough signings. We've got uh, James DJ says, transfers from Wish.com. Brian Edwards, the crow scoring for fun. Hey, listen, he's going to have a good season, is he? Is he going to have a good season? Yeah, He's back, mate. The crow is back. He's landed. (laughs) He's back. See that runner you made against Arsenal? Oh, it was just tremendous. He was about five foot away from the ball. It was brilliant. (laughs) Fair enough. It's a wet weekend in a caravan at Bognor. That's not five words. Pete Joyless-Jones. Tim Buckingham, deja vu from last season. Pat Pozzo out, the same old failed strategy. Ben says the patient requires an enema. So I think on the whole, there's um, a a sort of a... feeling towards the transfer window so far. Like you said, there's three weeks to go before the season starts. The window's then open for another month after that, isn't it? Until sort of the end of August. We've got a while, but yeah, they start seeing something because otherwise it'll be like we've seen before, which is, oh, it'll happen and then it doesn't. Or you get these last minute Charlie loans that you go, really? Do we need these? So let's wait and see. I'm it's, not... it's the it's the Udinese bargain bucket that I'm worried about when that comes into play. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's, that's that's inevitable at some point if the transfers go the wrong way for us in terms of us trying to bring players in. Mm. That's that that will inevitably be you know Isaac's success returning for instance. The scare, the thought of that. I mean, the, the local <laughs> shops will sell Bailey's. Yes, he's supposed to be linking back up with Zisco, isn't he? At Sheffield Wednesday is one of the rumours I've Wednesday, heard. Sheffield, Sheffield Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah, it's a big rumour. It's a big rumour with that. Yeah, yeah. What do you What do you yeah. think of that appointment? Do you think that's a good appointment for Sheffield Wednesday? I mean, they sacked the guy that got them over the line after. Yeah. You know, after that playoff where they were out, they're on their ass. I mean, they were not going to go anywhere, and they came back. They they win the playoff. They yeah, get promoted. He's, and... he's he's got he's got to hit the ground running there. There, there is a that's a huge football club, Sheffield Wednesday, in, in terms of fans and the size of it. Mm. I think he's really got to hit the ground running because there's a lot of pressure on him. Because no fault of his own, but they've sat Darren Moore, who's done a, a tremendous job over there, brought Cisco in, who who will bring positivity. He'll bring something there, I'm sure. But by the looks of it, they already had that, and they added they had an identity in terms of football. I, I, I just think that's it's, it's an odd appointment in terms of getting rid of a manager that's just got you promoted to the championship which just doesn't make a lot of sense but I'm sure there's things gone on in the background somewhere hmm. did you see the uh, did you see the press conference with uh, with Cisco and the, Cisco, and the yeah. chairman and basically yeah. the chairman spoke for about 25 minutes before and all the Sheffield Wednesday fans were going would you shut the fuck up and let <laughs> the man talk and, and Cisco who as we all know smiles perpetually basically if you could if you could hook his smile up to the national grid there would be no fossil fuel crisis right and he even he was looking like oh Christ what have I done for a minute of it but he finally <laughs> shut up and then, then they got on with it he'll get a fantastic welcome when he comes back yeah we've, we've taken the, 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 the piss out of Cisco on occasions because it's like you know well what does he bring he brings a sweet Caroline CD blah 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 yeah 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 what what he actually seemed to do was he created an environment at the training ground where people wanted to be 
And in fairness, if you look back at the last, oh, I don't know, 12, 13, 14, 15, take your number, head coaches, creating a good environment hasn't been that common a thing to do. So when people turn around and, and, and were making comments to, to Sheffield Wednesday fans, etc., people turn around and said, well, you know, actually he did. He made this tactical change after Coventry and people went, well, no, he didn't. He didn't. He created an environment that was enough for somebody like Truce de Kong and Cleverly to come together and go, this is what we sort of need to do. And we know from hearing Troy Deeney, depending on the amount of alcohol he's consumed at the particular <laughs> video he's watching, all right, that, that he is, you know, that he, he would say, no, we would go and we'd, we'd be in charge of that. We, we'd go in and get, in, get, get on top of it. So how much of it was him? Who knows? Um, because prior to that, prior to that shift of 4-3-3, it was 4-4-2 and it wasn't really doing very much. And then it got to change. But he had the environment. He bought the environment, you know, kind of made sure that they were there, made sure that they were they were alongside him and wanting to do it. And you saw in that run at the end, the combination of whoever had made the selection of changing the, the, the team to 4-3-3 and bringing, you know, Ishmael Asar to life in that particular division, which I would suggest might have been a number of people with their arm around his shoulder and, and maybe Troy kicking him up the you know proverbial, who knows, that it, it went somewhere and it did something. He's going to be going in at the start of the season, but he's only got four weeks left, as we know, it's, you know, uh, of the, of the preseason to get in there. So make, making that change so late, I know they, they came through the playoffs, so it was always going to be late for them, uh, for Sheffield Wednesday. Is that's going to be a tricky one? Because you can't, you can't, he's going to have to really step up. Uh, so good luck to him. But yeah, he'll get a great reception of, of Watford and quite rightly. Yeah. He's, that promotion's kind of forgotten a little bit because it was sort of the the, the lockdown year, wasn't it? So yeah. we couldn't, we weren't sort of physically there when the game ended or whatever. We were sort of, well, you and I in particular, in a pub in Harrow. Then we dashed back to the we pond. Dashed, yeah, we were. Dashed yeah, back yeah. to the pond. So it wasn't. It's not. It's kind of forgotten a little bit. But yeah, look, look he's one of the guys that's got a prom- got us promoted to the Premier League, and there's only what Graham Taylor, Eddie Boothroyd, and Yukanovic that have done that. So he's one of four. So that's you know it's not bad really. And yeah, he will get a good reception. He he was all, he was also very, and I would suggest not fortunate. It was the right appointment. In fairness, we've had enough management appointments that haven't been the right appointment at the time. On the back of Ivic, that actually you'd got the defensive solidity in mm-hmm. from there. They needed to let the handbrake off. And they brought in the guy who let the handbrake off, created a happier atmosphere. Yeah, I mean, you can only imagine what it must have been like on the training ground under Ivic one day, under Munoz on, on, on the next. It must have felt like chalk and cheese. And I don't know if you remember, but his, his first game was um, was was Boxing Day, um, was against Norwich. Uh, who who were at the top, of course, and you know we we got a again we got another win, and it was uh, it, that was quite a turnaround. It it fizzed and faded a little bit before Coventry, but once they got it going, they got it going. So well done and good luck to him. So that's the that's the the best of the uh, the five word reviews on the summer signings so far. Hi, right, I'm Bobby Zamora, and you're listening to Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. Basically, I went along to the Boreham Wood game last Thursday. Um, then we obviously played Arsenal, which was behind closed doors, and that was a one-one draw uh, with Kone getting getting a goal uh, against the Gunners. But that was a training ground game; we didn't get to see that. Boreham Wood was interesting. Um, we played a three-four-three in the first half, um, a- a- effectively, although it really was fluid and it morphed quite a lot because you had Porteous and you had Hoot and you had Sierra Alta in between them, but. The moment we got possession, he pushed up into a into a deep midfield position and pushed on the two midfielders, which in the first half were Tom Deli Bashiru and Imran Loser, 
push them on. Every time we then got possession of the ball, and this is what I was meaning about being more than the sum of our parts and looking coached, the moment we got the ball, the fullbacks or the wingbacks as they kind of sat, sometimes they sat alongside the two at the back and making a four, and other times they'd bomb on. The moment we got the ball, they would bomb on, but they wouldn't overlap the wingers, uh, especially on the right, because the wingers who were on the right, it was uh, Kalu, who is incidentally alive. Um, on the right, <laughs> you had live. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you had Ryan Andrews would underlap him. He'd make a run into the channel that was created. So the moment the ball got uh, was uh, was was basically got, and it looked like it was going to move to Kalu, who was having his basically his heels were were, were getting paint on them. It was right on the touchline. Um, he would bomb on the inside and then Kalu would just basically open up his foot and just just pass it into him and he did it every time and then he absolutely monstered it to get back on the left hand side we have Mattis Martins who tends to cut in a bit more and he wasn't quite so wide in the first place so James Morris couldn't make quite the same run he would get up and support him but then because Martins would be looking to to jink and try and try and take uh, take his, his player on to either get a shot or get a cross away, his end product really wasn't there all evening. What what would happen was James Morris would sit and hold, so he kind of protect the space that was vacated, but it was also there for a you know a quick ball and a left footing uh, left footed delivery into the box. So that this was all positive. Bio had probably his best game with his back to goal. Bearing in mind all of these performances were only the forty five minutes because he actually did come with his back to goal and he came to get the ball. And he would get it and he would lay it off. Was he perfect? No. Is it his game? No, not at all. But actually, again, he looked like he'd been coached. And especially when the ball was played forward into him early, his spreading of the ball wide was really good. So he'd come in back to goal, spread the ball wide. And then he would do, remember what we always wanted Keaton and Davis to do? He would turn and he would drive into the box to try to get on the end of anything he could. Did it happen? No, it didn't. There was one moment where he got the ball uh, in from the right-hand side, probably from Kalu or Ryan Andrews, perhaps, in that position. And he basically twisted his, his player, turned him beautifully, and then struck the ball with his left foot. And it, it basically went out of the ground. But that it, it was a bit like, do you remember that goal that, uh, that dear old Andre Gray uh, missed against uh, Kings Langley? And everyone oh, yeah. saw it on YouTube <laughs> yeah. where he hits it. Well, the, the problem is with uh, this, this was at one end of the, the Boreham Wood ground, which is still the only part that's open-ended. Everything else is covered. This is a shallow open terrace. He didn't miss it by that much. And it was with his left foot. You take that chance at Watford and it hammers into the crowd and everybody goes, oh, it's a close chance. You do that at Boreham Wood. And the ball is still somewhere over Elstree. You know, it's kind of it. It looks like in the looked, East End set somewhere. Yeah, it looks. It look, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, it it comes down basically on on Shane Ritchie. That's the only East Enders <laughs> reference I could possibly give you. He's probably not even an Ender. So he didn't do too. He didn't do too badly. But we didn't score, and we didn't work the keeper enough. But the actual shape was really interesting and the dynamics were there. And I was really enthused by this. I thought that's this is interesting. People are doing things and the, and it's not, you know, we're not uh, playing the ball about around the back and not going forward. We were going forward and we were going forward with pace and determination and more than a little, more than just kind of hope that we'll play it about the back and then something will happen, won't it? Um, second half, we changed to a it was more of a 4-3-3 shape. So it's a subtle distinction. Uh, but Shaq Ford sat basically in front, which is odd because he is, as mentioned earlier, on a centre forward. You had Joseph Hungbo, who would kind of play. Uh, they, they sometimes went from the 4-3-3 
to a 4-2-3-1 and he'd sit in behind the, the, the forward in that respect. Kone came on and had all sorts of uh, all sorts of freedom. On occasions, he would be in, in what looked like a right wing-back position and Gaki was on the right. He didn't get forward anything much as like as, uh, as Andrews did. But sometimes he, he would fling out there and, and Ngaku would come in. Semmel was on the right. Uh, Ibrahim Barr was on the left, who looked pretty interesting. Uh, he had Ferreira behind him, who obviously being on his left, it's, it's, not, it's not his best position. But he became quite lively in the last 20 minutes. It was, it was a little less innovative because we're playing with a flat back four. And therefore, people looked kind of a bit more relaxed. You had Pollock and you had Cavaselli. Uh, we, we had loads of possession pushing the ball around. But you know what Boreham Wood are? They're a good conference level side or, or National League level side. They know how to defend their box. They're playing Watford in their first game in preseason. This is a big thing to them. They're, they're trying to perform at the top of their game. Um, and they did so well. We hit the post twice in the second half, and one of those was followed up um and only just narrowly missed. It could have it could have been uh, it could have been two or three, and then everybody would have been happy. It wasn't, it was narrow margins. Did everything go to plan? No, it went a little bit to ratchet in the second half <laughs> when we started getting comfortable knocking the ball again, uh, uh, around the back a little bit too much. And we did end up keeping the ball. And then the ball came to Pollock and Pollock just put a misplaced pass that just went out. He thought, well, we've kept the ball all that time and we've done nothing with it. If I'm Valerian Ishmael, I'm going in after the game and going, and that's why we don't fuck about with it. Because you could have lost it and got it back twice in the time that you kept it and done nothing with it. You know, possession is for a reason is to go forward and try and score a goal. If we get possession and we don't do that at all, what was the point? The the, the kind of the whole emphasis about everything was really loud and, and kind of uh, 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 vocal from the side. There was one part in the second half, sorry, in the first half, whereby, as I mentioned a little bit earlier on, the Boreham would kind of what, played the ball in behind us once you know, they, they looked to break on us. And because you've got all of these players pushed on and you've just got Porteous and you've got Hoot, at the back and they're trying to play on you need a goalkeeper who's going to kind of deal with that the reaction from the bench was actually wasn't to have a go at the goalkeeper or to have a go at the two center backs it was about the moment the ball transitions get pressure on the ball straight away it's it's you know deal with it further up deal with it further away from our goal and this is huge because that that was suddenly they did that and they stopped breaking on us because we cut it off out at source you know you don't want to be dealing with everything in the last line of defense and they did that. And in the second half, you saw that go up even more because they realized that was that was what we've got to do. The moment we give this away, we've got to press it and go for it. And that's what I mean about hopeful, about seeing something more than the sum of its parts. It's nothing to get carried away with because, you know, the quality of the players there are the quality of the players that we have at the club at the moment. Does it need enhancing? Yes, it does. We mentioned earlier on the quality of some of the players that we've had. Did they perform well last season? No. If we bring in some additional players, what can they do? Also, we didn't see Tom Ince. We didn't see um, against Boreham Wood. We didn't also see Reese Healy, which might have been interesting. But we will see. Hi, my name's Rocket, and you're listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. What a belter. One thing I think I do need to discuss, Carl, is uh, how many away games did you miss last season? Three, I think, top of my head. Yeah, it's like a couple of midweek ones. Yeah, um, see now. Blackburn away. Yeah, I didn't get a shirt. I was going to say, you could have had Lloyd Doyley 
knocking on your door. Turn up in the house. With a, yeah. with a shirt. It's, do you know what I love is the fact that people have got all their memorabilia out on their coffee table. Like, yeah. And, just and day it, in and day out. Uh, just, and all of a sudden a Watford legend turns they, up. Oh, by the way, this, look at this. this it's almost like they've had a phone call to This say. wasn't lost on me. There was an old couple that both had Watford tops on. Oh, you wear yeah. them around the house, do you? All the time. Just, yeah, in, yeah. just, just, as, just as leisure wear. And, yeah. and they all happened to be in yeah. as well. It wasn't like, you know, the Andy yeah, Peters. Yeah, no, it's amazing. <laughs> knock on the door, yeah, no one work in. If it, like, Lloyd Doyle will be standing outside my house going, the fucker ain't here. Where yes. is he? I've yeah. got his shirt. Exactly. Is anyone in that can take it? No. It's like, <laughs> yeah. like DHL. Can I leave this with you? Yeah. Talk to my neighbour. Can I leave this with you? Please? Could you sign for this? <laughs> that would be that would be brilliant if Ken Semmer left a shirt behind your bins. That would be. Yeah, that would be brilliant. I'd much come, prefer that. Come on, Watford comms team. That's what we need. We need Ken going, look, I, I tried. You know, none, none of this, none of this he- heroic speeches after, you know, kind of, dealing with things let's start take, getting back to taking the piss and going ken delivered it it's round it's round it's round there no on the left of course it's on the left it's ken you know <laughs> drop kicking it over people's back garden yes yeah. that's what it's i fantastic. want i want yeah. ken semmer in increasingly sinister videos that's what i want to see let's get rid of this ken semmer's a nice bloke nonsense <laughs> I think we should all get a bloody shirt delivered to us for after last season. That's that's the least we should have. We should have a player come around our house apologising. I'm so sorry about last season. We know it wasn't good enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know. But no. But no. So yeah. They, so are you, is that going to incentivise you then to maybe go to every single away no, game? Is it fuck? No, I can't. No, no, no. <laughs> You're not having no. that, no. no. Straight away, Plymouth New Year's Day. Yeah. I mean, straight away. That there, there's one that's that's going out the window. I, I just can't see how that one's going to work for me, which I'm gutted about because I want to I want to go down there. But midweeks, it's, it's, it's tough, isn't it? especially when you work. Yeah. I can't do it. Um, and yeah. it's normally black. It's, it's not, if it's midweek and it was QPR, yeah. it's doable. Yeah. It, you know, but it's, it's bloody Blackburn or Wigan or something. And I saw somewhere, I think one, one game where Away at Blackburn, and then straight the following week we're away at Preston. Yeah, that's a bit much. Oh, yeah, we, I remember we did that once in the nineties. Uh, I remember going up to Port Vale on the Saturday, which is in Stoke, and going to Stoke on the Tuesday. <laughs> but no, look, fair fair play, and I will say this: fair play to the people that um that, that did go to every every game. I mean, that, that, is, that is some incredible achievement. But I just I, I don't know if I could have done that last season. I think I would have needed counselling now. Well, that's it. I mean, yes, there are some seasons. Seasons where you go, oh, that would have been quite good to go home and away to every single mm. game. But last season ain't one of them. It's bad enough going to all no. the home games. Well done to them. Fair play to you. But uh, yeah, so is there any particular sort of away fixtures that you're looking forward to? I mean, obviously you you go all the time, right? So you know the good the yeah. good away fixtures and stuff. I mean, obviously you, yeah. you might miss Plymouth. Stuff, yeah, stuff that I haven't been to for ages. Um, and there's a couple next season, which will be first times for me. Hillsborough being one of them. Have you never Chef been to Wednesday. Hillsborough? No, it's always, for, again, it's always falling on a, a, a midweek for me. So I've, I've never had the chance to, to go to Hillsborough. So looking forward to that one. Plymouth would have been a good day, but it's fucking that's a stupid fixture. Um, where Ipswich haven't been there for for a good few years. That's um, that yeah, was always a good, a good one. one. There, there's a few. Not going to Reading. That's that's a that's a positive. <laughs> did you go, go to the um, Did you go to Hillsborough, Peter? The uh, FA Cup replay in '98. No, I didn't. I know this because I've only been outside Hillsborough once. I've never actually been in. I'm like, can't oh, We went to, and I can tell you when this was. This was in 1994 because it was Kenny Sansom's only appearance. It was a, a game away at uh, away at Barnsley. And uh, a friend of mine, Kevin, he of the stupid uh, uh, pom-pom waving cheerleader fame, if you remember that story, um, 
we, we went up and visited a friend of his and his their family in uh, in Harrogate the night before. So we went out, got absolutely ruined. So he completely hung over. Of course, Harrogate, in order to come to Barnsley, you've got to come back through Leeds. But we were picking up tickets courtesy of somebody who worked at Ensley Insurance. So we actually had to come back via Sheffield. Right. So we had to basically drive all the way up to Harrogate, get pissed. We're driving through Leeds, which is just a nightmare, primarily because it's Leeds. And therefore, it's a nightmare. <laughs> we, we managed to finally get our way to, to Sheffield and we're stuck on what is known as the Peniston Road, which is outside of Hillsborough. And I remember this because we're going, oh, Christ, we're looking at the time. We're picking up four tickets and we're, we're catching up with uh, Kev's brother and, and, and another mate. Um, who were coming up on the club coach. So we're kind of, you know, this, this sort of, oh God, it, we're hungover. We haven't really started this well. We still haven't even found out where we're going to get the tickets from. We're bringing these people and just saying, look, we're on our way. And they're going, well, we're closing at one. We're going, oh, for God's sake, we've got to do this. We're sat outside Hillsborough and we're just sat in traffic. And I wind the window down. I'm in a, I'm in a Volkswagen Golf, right? <laughs> this becomes pertinent in a second. And I ask said uh, yokel idiot, Right. Excuse me, mate. How do we get to? And I will always remember this road, Eccles Hall Road. And he, he turned around. And he went, you don't want to get there from here. And I don't know why. He, and was why like, was the Cornish why did you, why did you Cornwall? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> just just thank your lucky stars. He wasn't. He wasn't. Boy Hodgson, right? He's lost. You don't want to. You don't want to get there from here. And we went, well, yeah, but pretend that we do. And he went, well, how long is it going to take? And he said, how fast are you going? Well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fair enough it was a stupid point we should have qualified if we're going at an average speed of 30 miles an hour how long will it take it was a variable that we'd left out we kicked ourselves he went are you walking or are you in a car i'm in a fucking car asking him right? yeah it, the clues this this one was a, a question too far anyway we just gave up with him he was a gibbering idiot we finally managed to get down to eccles hall road get in there, some poor schmuck had basically waited a, a, an hour past the Saturday lunchtime to, to hold on to these tickets for us who kind of grabbed them and then run back out because we've now got to hightail it back out of Sheffield, up to Barnsley, meet these people who've been waiting next to a coach for about an hour and a half by this time because the coaches always get there early. Get there, get it. And of course, it's one of those games where, of course, where are the tickets? They're not in the Watford end. No, we've got to go and sit up in oh, the gods no. with the Barnsley lot. Oh, no. And it's it's like... It's, there was only about 6,000 kind of, you know, rattling around Oakwell and you're sitting there on your hands. Well, fortunately for us, we didn't get into trouble because it was the dullest nil-nil game you've ever seen, other than the fact that Kenny Sansom made his appearance. When we got back up the hill, somebody had stoved the window in and stolen the cassette player. So oh, the drive no. back was both windy and dull. Oh, so there you go. I, I'm here on behalf of the Yorkshire Tourist Board. Don't go there. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, Barnsley. That's a funny old place. Funny old place, Barnsley. Yorkshire, Yorkshire in general is actually a bit funny. The parts I've seen of Yorkshire, I've, I've, I've rather liked. I have been to Leeds. It was okay. I've been to York. York is amazing. It's a, it's a, it's a lovely city. I admit I haven't seen Le a lot of Yorkshire, but I have been to Hillsborough. Leeds is one of those places if dandruff had a going rate, they'd scalp you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Le Hello Leeds, to Yorkshire Leeds listeners. <laughs> Leeds in the 90s was like Beirut in the 90s, right? The only difference was they didn't have Terry Waite attached via a fucking radio, so that was all. <laughs> Good Lord. Just... These are the references we're using, is it? Oh, Terry, Terry Waite. Who doesn't love a Terry Waite reference? <laughs> I think a Terry Waite reference. We haven't, we, haven't done, 
we haven't done any Hezbollah prisoner jokes for ages. Well, there we are. We should, we should balance it out with our earlier Saudi pro comments. <laughs> Um, well, so yes, I did go. Sorry, just to cut back into this, I did go to the the, the replay in the in the FA Cup, which we did lose on penalties. But that was the game where Di Canio got sent off for arguing with the referee. Sent off, got a yellow yeah. card, then got that's another not, one, got sent off. Like him, in it. Yeah, and then and then the, it was where's Di Canio coming from the Watford fans? He was in goal for us that day. Was that would have been Alec Chamberlain, day. I think. Yeah, it would have been Chamber. Yeah, I'd have thought so. Okay. Yeah, I do remember the game. Yeah, yeah. I think it was Hyde that missed the final penalty. I think. I got a feeling it was Chris Day. Day didn't play. I was say Espen Bardson. I don't. Oh, no, don't say that. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I think Day's debut was the first game in the Premier League, wasn't it, Chris Day? That's, yeah, that it might his... be. I might have it wrong. I just I, for some reason I thought it. I, I thought it wasn't Chamberlain, but you, you, you're probably right. I'm pretty sure it was. It's quite rare that I'm correct. Are you yeah. saying that Cornish people go to Sheffield on their holiday? Is it like a swap? People from Sheffield go to Cornwall. Where else would they go? Not beyond the bounds of possibility. (laughs) I'm fed up with all this lovely scenery and rugged um, rugged coastline. I'm going north. I'm going north. I'm going north, yeah. (laughs) To the the clouds. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. There was one thing, but for some reason, Paul Fiander Turner is very keen that we talk about mental health and social media. Oh, right. Um, yeah, no, I know. I know. Well, I thought I thought we'd barely kind of covered that when we went over the, um, you know, kind of the, the impact of Palachi. But I decided to write my own list of commandments. You know that Moses had 10 commandments. Yes. Right. Well, I get bored. So I've got seven. Number one, are you ready? Are you ready for this? Yeah, yeah, let's do it, yeah. Don't read anything into the opinion pieces from someone with an anonymized account. You, you could include me, you on TV, or do not scratch your eyes, I don't really care. If someone isn't prepared to put their name to something and to stand behind it, then you shouldn't have to feel you should be affected by it. You can still have an account in another name and still let people know who you are. The post-match phone-in, you know, the, the the Twitter spaces tries to get people to put their names to it. So even if they come in on an anonymized, an anonymized account, we'll end up talking to Greg when overall we'll talk to, you know, it's, it's about talking to people. If somebody can't be asked to put their name to something or to, to actually stand behind it, why should you give a fuck what they think? Quite frankly, that's right. number one. I mean, we're amazingly lucky because most people realise with the Twitter spaces, for example, that actually it's not it's not a it's it's a reasonably nice place to come and, and have a chat. And if somebody wants to say something, we don't have a go at it. We kind of ask them the question: Really? Why? Why do you think that? Personally, I would like uh, people to stop blaming other fans for things that go, and that goes across the board. What I don't like is people who turn around and say, "Well, these fans who are pro Pozzo are enabling Pozzo because." We all met Pozzo the other day. I don't think Pozzo gives a shit what anybody thinks. I don't thinks, think he's ever frank. got any idea about what's going on outside, to be honest with you. The man wears 
the man wears Balenciagos with a suit. I mean, he doesn't <laughs> he, give a fuck. This is true. This is true. We don't. Do you think he ignores you because you don't agree with him? But he seeks out and listens to these other people. It's frankly rubbish. People who are calling people happy clappers and about this and that. But equally, it goes the other way. If somebody is really negative or down about something, actually, just ask why. Hmm. Just you know, go okay. Now you know with. We, we all play the, uh, you know, the Uncle Ron card and Uncle Ron gets involved with it all and we all have a laugh about it and everybody kind of gets on with it. But don't get so het up about what other people think and certainly don't get het up about what other supporters think or do. It's a social media platform. It doesn't matter. Do you know what? If you turn it off, it's exactly like it's not there. Number three, don't presume you know the tone of how something is written. Of course, some people, you will know them and you will kind of have an idea about how they're kind of been you know, talking or speaking. I remember working for somebody who wrote emails like Attila the Hun, and then you'd have a meeting with him expecting, and it was like, oh no, no, I didn't mean it like that. It was all fine. Mm, you know, mm. don't presume the tone is, if, you, if you're a kind of a negative person, that, oh, this is a downer on me. Don't, you don't get that tone you know, in, in the written word. It does, it does fall short in that regard. It's why emojis are so strong and big in in text and in on, on online and in social media, because they talk about actually putting some context to it. Number four, when you post, think about how you would feel if people said that about you. Many people will dish it out and then can't take it. Right. And I think that's a huge thing. I think that's huge, but not as big as number five, because if you can take it when you post something, think about how someone else, you know, who might not be able to take it if it was against them, how they would take that. Hmm. And that, that was really kind of came home to me because, I, you know, as, as I said beforehand, I, you know, put my name out above, above for the Q&A and, you know, come and get me because, fuck it, I'm, you know, I don't give a shit. I've got the emotional range of a potato. Fine, no problems <laughs> with that. However, 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 it did affect people a great deal um, who were in and connected to it, not least, of course, you, Justin, you know, hmm. had, a, had a real problem having that. Hmm. If you think about, if I was saying this about my mum, or if I was saying this about somebody who actually cared, maybe, maybe, just maybe, think about it. Hmm. Think about not doing it. You don't have to. If your name was added to it, and uh, you know, it, and it was a letter, and it had a return address, would you send it? Hmm. Chances are you wouldn't. The whole, all of these join together. The whole anonymity of it, the the opportunity to be a critic without any of the responsibility of actually dealing with anything. That's one of the things I would suggest. If you disagree with someone, as I said earlier on, ask why. Why, why do you think that? You might actually manage to find something out about what that person's position is. That was, again, a big part of the spaces was really, why do you, why do you, why do you, why do you say that? What bit of this you know, make, makes you think that that's the case? I mean, it's why are they angrier than you or why aren't they angrier than you just find out what their position and their perspective is you know we know that on social media a lot of people will be very impassioned impassioned enough to come on and talk on 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 the spaces or make a comment on the spaces and don't get me wrong uh, feel free to take the piss out of me and us and what have you you know this is a this is a sarcasm loaded zone please go for it no problems with that just just ask why find out why that person has that perspective Block people who pretend to know, not know things that you know that they know and that they are basically trolls. This happened in, a, in one very, very specific instance where somebody was claiming to not know something once, twice, three times, four times. Uh, there are some people that if all they are is absolutely toxic waste level putrid, 
get the fuck shot of them. Mm. Don't bother about them. Block them. Get them gone from that particular point and don't even worry about them. They no longer exist. And if they're a combination of somebody who is anonymous and they're kind of throwing these things out all the time, you don't like them, then yes, you can block them. However, Twitter spaces this season will again be open to all opinions and all discussion points. What we try to be is a phone-in for absolutely everybody, right? We won't be horrible or nasty about something, especially if you disagree with us. Oh, happy day. I mean, cracking that. You know, who wouldn't disagree with us? Basically, kind of, you know, three fair weather idiots at the best of times, you know. But <laughs> absolutely, come along, say your piece, be involved in the discussion. Lots of people won't have won't have heard things going on in the in the build up to Palachi. Other people who were there might have known about it. Who knows where this season will take us? But at the end of the QPR game, hey, we'll be here per normal, ready to have that conversation with you about. What did you think first game of the season? Because that's when we'll really, really know. We've been talking tonight about things that, you know, what do we think's here? What do we think we're missing? Where are we missing? We will know more at that time. Obviously, the window won't be closed by then, but we'll know more about where we are. Just bear in mind, for me, those little things. If somebody isn't going to commit their name to it, really, what is their opinion worth to you? Mm. I would suggest very, very little. Please don't be affected by it. There are too many people with not enough to say on social media because everybody is a broadcaster. That that really doesn't help. Cold calling with nothing new to say has never been of value. And Peter will be uh, carrying the slab of stone up Scotts Hill in a few <laughs> oh, weeks once he's finished I'm, carving. I'm, so if you'd like to, if you'd like to I'm, see that, I'm out carving we'll, uh, all of these we'll in stone. These <laughs> Most of the time, ninety nine percent of the time, it's it's a rubbing along. Everyone everyone can get along with everyone. Everyone kind of understands if someone's got an outrageous point of view, or you know, even you know, you look at stuff with just stop oil, and you read people that support them. You go, well, I don't agree with that necessarily, but that is your point. And there's people who do don't agree with them, and you think, well, maybe that's probably more where I stand on this. But I've never felt compelled to go in and call people out on that sort of stuff it's when it's when you're basically trying to do i'm now speaking from my personal point of view perhaps with the whole thing that happened recently is you're trying to do your best you've been given something that you don't particularly want to do you've run with it you've you you know you've got other people involved and then there's just a a slew of unhelpful comments or other people that might come in and 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 do things that kind of look good from the outside but perhaps aren't very helpful and 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 you you just kind of think well what the you know i've been literally trying to do my best with all this there's no i have no agenda and i can keep saying i've got no agenda and i can keep saying we have no agenda on this we're just genuinely trying to do the best thing that we can and you just get unhelpful you know barbs or people keep asking the same questions after not really bothering to do any research you know i'm I'm not mentioning names but i think you both know who i'm speaking of when i when i say these things um and and you just think well you know really if it comes if this comes around again i'm just going to say well i'm not getting involved this time i just can't be bothered with it because it's just an absolute this it's it's a thankless task and and of course it isn't because the, the it got done. It got done. It was a successful meeting and, you know, he'll never turn up. He turned up. It'll never happen. It happened. Oh, you won't get a mix of people in the room. We did. Oh, this won't happen. Fine. Oh, you know, the thing with a journalist, you know, perhaps a, a misguided step, perhaps not. But along the way, there was nothing other than just try and get this done so the most people involved or most people can be involved that want to be involved. And then there's just people on the outside that just know fuck all about what's going on, that just want to make life difficult. I think, you know, if perhaps if you think a little bit before you Still, sort of start calling things out it might be you know I, I call things out all the time but I do it in a way that's kind of maybe not pointed or is perhaps done in a slightly jocular way or 
not done to offend or hurt anybody. It's maybe pointing things out in a sort of a sarcastic way, perhaps, but just being pointed or barbed. It's just, it's just, just don't bother. It's not helpful in any way to me. And that's really what soured the last few days of the whole thing. That's, that's why, you know, we sort of said, well, actually, I don't want anything to do with this. If that, if that genuinely is how people see us, then fuck them, basically. Uh, that's something that's why I kind of crumbled from it. Well, it is. That's why I sort no, of thought, no, fuck no, no, them. No, no. Uh, no, I just, I just love that, you know, we're here we are talking about these deeply set things and, and if that's what they think, fuck them. I think that should be, there's no better note to finish on. No, it's, um, yeah. yeah, fuck them. No, absolutely. Uh, not, not, not the last one, but the one before. Basically set, and loads, you'll see loads of people talk about, and they did it this time as well, going groups. Oh, groups. Oh, social media people. They're all doing it for the, and, and you just go... Well, well, you you know what the motivation was. You know that that's that that's it. And those people who were there would have known what the motivation was. We talked about empathy, and those people who didn't and aren't part of you know the the whole kind of po- podcast kind of kind of community thing and the, and the and the Twitter spaces, which is which is just wonderful. Being part of that community is just a privilege and a pleasure. But a lot of people came along, didn't see that. They 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 saw that you know the club had posted something up saying it's going to close tomorrow, and then the next thing they saw was that we're we're banning we're banning the media. Well, we never said that. We just said we weren't inviting journalists. And there is a subtle distinction. However, 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 enough of that. The important thing was, as we said last time, was we are where we are. We do know a number of things. Um, and for the people who say no, we haven't, because I don't think we have. Uh, you know more things to just come out and discuss over the course of the season about things that were kind of said and and and, and I'm sure we'll, we'll kind of have those those pickup points but the important thing that we said about that event was the fact that it should be the start of something I don't know if everybody has seen it but just in case you haven't you may have seen that on the I think it's the 10th of August which would be the Thursday is the first at your place which we mentioned at the back end because the club agreed to do it in terms of that is, is going to be happening all are welcome all are invited so uh, when you see that and if you want to pop along have a look and and have a listen I, i'm not going to be anywhere close to that because it's you know we've, we've done our bit and i'm going to kind of shrink away our, our our counterparts um and and erstwhile friends john and mike but all the rest of the crew from from the rookery end are also organizing a live event at uh, at mad squirrel mad squirrel in the town on the 3rd of August. So if you haven't seen anything there, and you might want to get along to the re- live recording of a podcast. Live recording. We need editing, because let's face it, we come out with all sorts of shit. But the good burgers from the rookery end are going to be doing it live, and we'll be there to watch and, and clap and maraud and possibly make strange mad squirrel noises. Um, I don't know, what, what noise does a mad squirrel make? Uh, we will find uh, out on the night. You probably should hand this over to me, shouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> So, so there we go. So they'll be doing that. So have a look out for that. And in the meantime, I'm going to go on holiday tomorrow. Yay! Yes, very nice too. Well deserved. Have a have a lovely time. Have a lovely. Where time. are you off to, Peter? If people want to uh, come and see you on holiday in your uh, budgie smugglers, <laughs> you do burn under a light bulb. So make sure that you you put plenty of cream on. <laughs> I burn under. I thought when you said lots of cream, I thought you meant because it's going to take an awful lot to slather it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go, go, go with go with something that really spreads easy, you know. Easy, yeah, like butter. Yeah, a rumor. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Do not scratch your eyes. A uh, question on the Telegram group was: Are we running a fantasy football league? No, we're not. Of course. 
Of course we are. <laughs> so there we, we go. Are. So when when will when will details be coming out on social media uh, with regards to this? As, well, I've, I've actually got a plan for two things. This let's let's do this now very quickly. Um, so the fantasy football will start as soon as the app comes live again, and you can start picking your players. Which currently it's it's still doing its thing. Any Luton uh, players are banned from the uh, the this, this <laughs> uh, any uh, any any reasonable right minded person would say so. Yes, Absolutely. but in addition to that, I will also be running a Super Six league. Oh, I like that. The, do not scratch. Is that yeah. free? Is that free? Which Super Six. It's free. Yeah, it's free to join. It is a it is a league based thing as well so I'll, I'll be sending out details of that very shortly as soon as i get get my, my myself together but um yeah and and there was a there was a prize for uh this season or last season's winner um, very nice too it was very nice good prize. Yeah. good yeah, prize yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just Gary Wolf. So keeps we're doing the same again. It's Gary, Gary Wolf. Yeah. yeah, he's going to think. People are going to think it's a fix because Gary Wolf seems to win all of our competitions. So uh, maybe we should preclude him from actually being involved this Thank time. You for your donations, <laughs> no, always, Gary. Gary's got to be able to defend his title. Uh, okay. with, with, and of course, if you don't remember when Gary won the um, adult competition, because he. Who, who knows? He may have he may have falsified it and, and done the drawing one for the for the under sixteens one, but I don't think he did. Was it? He said that's going to go in my shrine. Shrine, Gary. Yes, you <laughs> use the word shrine. We're still waiting for pictures of said shrine, and I imagine it would have a nice nineteen fifty nine to sixty one Watford shirt in it. Now we'll see whether or not you can uh, build it up any more next season. The Super Six thing I quite like because I do when I remember. Uh, it's a bit like the fantasy you're, football you're, thing. You're definitely, you're definitely doing fantasy football again. Yeah, but it's one of those. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you a manager. I'm going to get somebody that's going to coach you. Definitely need somebody. that. Yeah, I need a Keith Birkenshaw to my AD Boothroyd. Is what I need. <laughs> it's definitely what I need. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I have just compared myself to AD Boothroyd. Let's let's bear that no further uh, thought. I think it's time to go. I think I think we've exhausted our. Fun, shall we say, for this week? Um, we talked a bit. We talked a bit about the football this time. We did. We don't normally do that during the close season. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. I think yeah. what we might do. I'll, I'll say this now: is I think we might have a, a space before the season starts, just to warm everybody back up to the idea of football starting again. So probably about a week before the season starts, we'll we'll hold a space just to see how everybody is, uh, and then it's kind of back to the back to the routine again of. Uh, Dashing home on a home game uh, to uh, to be in position or clicking straight on an away game and seeing where Carl is uh, being attacked by various equestrian beasts. Northern people. Uh, well, yeah. I was going to say horses, but northern people. Yes, let's go. Let's go with northern, northern. people. Northern people <laughs> and equestrian beasts. But they haven't been dissed enough tonight, have they? The north. So let's just do it again. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Northern people, I think it's time to say goodbye on that. On that, uh, well, it's not so much of a bombshell as a sort of damp firework. <laughs> goodbye, everybody. Thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. You ones, you ones, you ones. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? <whistles> At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.